the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 9 Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Today, we've got your NFL player projections for Week 9. We'll run through our top five at each position. We'll discuss players we're especially high and low on, and we'll throw out a player prop at each position. Joining me, as always, one of the top fantasy football rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Um, I, I'm doing okay. Uh, coming off my first losing week since like week two, only only lost like a unit. <laughs> um, but after winning like six or seven primetime props in a row, I lost all three Ooh. this week. The first one by half yard, the second one by half reception, and then last night, Cream Hunt on the last carry of his game. And I was going to say the last carry of his Browns career, but he didn't get traded. So <laughs> uh, so there's that. But yeah, uh, how was your uh, week eight? That was pretty good. Uh, seven and three. Uh, had some nice. miraculous uh, comebacks <laughs> in a couple of those games. Like I had the uh, I had the, the, the commanders and they were down by like 10 in the fourth and they came back. Uh, but I actually oh, did yeah. get screwed on a, I had Brandon Cooks under 61 and a half receiving yards and he had, no, he did nothing the whole game as I thought he would. <laughs> and then the last, last like drive, the, the second to last play, Davis Mills looks like he's about to just roll out and throw it out of bounds. And he just like finally makes an NFL caliber throw, like d- down the field, 41 <laughs> yards. Uh, and he goes over, but overall it was a pretty good week. Still yeah. over 70% for the season. So nice. Uh, yeah. Don't think I had a good week in fantasy pros though. That was it was a pretty crazy. Uh, uh, it was a bloodbath there. Week. Yeah, I don't think I did good either. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, overall feeling pretty good. And uh, you know, we're recording this right after the trade deadline, so um, obviously that may come up as well. But check out actionnetwork.com uh, or the app for all of our content uh, as far as the fantasy impact of everyone involved. If we don't get to touch on them here, but let's jump in to. Uh, quarterback, who's your top five for week number nine? Um, pretty standard at this point is Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. Yep, I got uh, Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Jackson, Murray. So we're, <laughs> we're in agreement <laughs> there. So let's just uh, let's talk about who you're high on. Um, well, I'm high on Aaron Rodgers this Whoa. week. Whoa. Yeah, First I time. know. Remember, First time, yeah. long time. <laughs> Last week, I ranked like 27th. And predictably, they, they still ran the ball even though they were trailing by a ton. Um, and they didn't add him, you know, any pass catching talent, the trade deadline. So that was disappointing. Um, so look for him to be extremely mad this week. Uh, so he's my QB 12 <laughs> uh, against the Lions. Uh, granted, there are six teams on a bye. <laughs> so that probably helps, uh, you know, why he's in my, uh, you know, low end QB one tier. But um, th- this is a easy matchup. Um, you know, I expect the, the Packers to still run a ton, uh, but Rogers should be able to get two touchdowns again. He's thrown for two or more touchdowns in six of eight games this year. So he's had a nice floor. Um, and the Packers have the third highest team total this week. So I'm just banking on his touchdown upside here. Again, you know, the pass catching talent's going to be lacking this week. I'm assuming Lazard, probably Watson are going to be out. But, you know, Dobbs looked great last week. Watkins is healthy. So I think he has enough 
pass catching talent, you know, Aaron Jones out of the backfield that um, he should sneak in with a QB one uh, performance this week. Yeah. You know, this is the highest I've had Rogers too. I'm pretty much in the same spot. Uh, it's a kind of a weird week in terms of, you know, where at least my initial rankings are falling in terms of consensus. They're pretty much spot on. <laughs> so yeah. I don't have like any, <laughs> any massive gaps, but uh, for me, I'll go with Justin Fields. Um, I'm, I'm a couple, I'm like a spot or two higher than consensus on, on fields. He's a top 10 quarterback for me this week. Uh, if you look at his weeks, first four weeks of the season, uh, you know, obviously new scheme, even though, you know, with the, with the new coaching staff. So his finishes were QB 23, QB 28, QB 32, QB 25. But then uh, since week five, QB 12, QB nine, QB five, QB five. So he's kind of done what I, I think we both thought he was going to do kind of entering the season, which is, uh, you know, be kind of approximate some of these quarterbacks that you could have drafted, uh, you know, on the lower end of that of that spectrum. And, and you basically got him for free. So uh, I like this matchup. Miami's 29th and pass DVO. I know they just got Bradley Chubb. Uh, so that will mm-hmm. obviously help. We'll see if he's on a, a pitch count or anything this week. But um, either way, Miami has really struggled in pass defense uh, this year. And uh, they're also bottom five in yards per carry allowed to quarterbacks which mm. obviously is key against Fields. And, uh, you know, these last couple of weeks, I think one of the keys for Fields has been they've start, they they watched, like, Lamar Jackson tape, uh, and <laughs> they started incorporating more quarterback runs for him. So, yeah. so he's getting more design runs. So, you know, scrambles is always kind of – they don't drop back a ton. Um, so the scrambles, even though he's great on scrambles, um, those can kind of be high variance. But the fact that he's now getting a couple more design runs per game uh, really increases his floor and his ceiling because those are essentially in addition to what he would do, you know, as a scrambler. Yeah, those design runs have been huge, uh, really, you know, high floor now with his rushing upside. Uh, and plus, he gets an upgrade at his wide, rec- wide receiver two with Chase Claypool. What do you think about that? Obviously, it's probably not going to do much for him this week. But that certainly gives him a boost rest of the season, right? Just a I mean, slight. Claypool's my dude. He came through for me and convinced me uh, with the, with oh, the that's four right, receptions. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, I like it. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about somebody who I, I think it might hurt in the short term at least. But, uh, you know, anytime you add another wide receiver, I think maybe it helps them just call a few more passing plays as yep. well. Because I think it's kind of the same thing. I, you know, I know it's not relevant this year, but, you know, Calvin Ridley kind of weaving Atlanta worries me a little bit about London and Pitts because like at least if they had Ridley London and Pitts you could say okay like they gotta be more pass heavy right like now it's like what are they gonna do next year you know it's it's interesting so um I think Chicago adding some some talent in that wide receiver room um you know does and what do you think is the rotation gonna be like obviously Claypool will be you know him and Mooney are probably gonna be the top two but like is that is Nikhil Harry kind of that number three and they're just gonna kind of do away with Pettis and and ESB because Jones obviously has a future with the team. So is it is is it going to kind of be Claypool, Harry, and uh, and Mooney? You think? Yeah, I would think so. Um, you know, St. Brown and Pettis have just been guys right now. Uh, but Harry <laughs> always been just guys. Yeah, so, okay. obviously, and so is <laughs> Harry. But he he was operating as the number two wideout, so I, I would guess that he's going to be a third, maybe a red zone threat. That would be Claypool as well. Um, although Cole Komet just got a touchdown, which was weird, but. Um, yeah, I just think this phases out Equinemius and Pettis, um, and Harry will be out there for three wide. But um, again, not this week, but probably next week and going forward, Claypool will be a 90% route run guy. So I think that's definitely going to help Fields. Who are you, who are you low on? Um, I'm low on Trevor Lawrence. Um, he has a great matchup this week against the Raiders, but I just don't think we could trust him right now. 
Um, he only has two passing touchdowns the past four games combined. Uh, and he really hasn't tapped into his rushing ability enough to make up for that. And he's only thrown for 300 yards once this season. So I don't really know what we're banking on here. Plus, this offense just runs through Travis Etienne right now. He looks so good. Um, so I could just see them leaning on Etienne against the Raiders suspect defense anyway. Um, so it might be tempting to sneak Lawrence in as a low-end QB1. Um, you know, the consensus ranking for him right now is QB13. But I'm a bit more sour on him. He's my QB16. Again, like, he's going to have to have a bit more consistency uh, for me to trust him in these spots. Yeah, uh, same same thing for me. He's uh, he's my QB sixteen, and I think it's uh, my Colts theory. I mean, he had these two games against the Colts. And he was forty five <laughs> of fifty two passing for four hundred yards against everyone else. He's completing about fifty seven percent of his passes, uh, six point four yards per attempt. So, yeah. uh, you know, it was it, that that was just a great matchup for him. That those that zone heavy Colts team, and uh, against everyone else, he just looked. Pretty much like the quarterback he was as, the, as a rookie, it just doesn't seem like some of the throws are uh, the ball placement on some of the throws is where it's supposed to be. Uh, the decision making, I think, could, could could stand to improve as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's we're halfway done with his second season. He really needs to start showing something. As do a lot of these quarterbacks from that draft class. But, yeah. uh, you know, obviously he had the highest expectations and really has not lived up to them at all. Yeah, but next year, though. He's going to have Calvin Ridley. So maybe we see like, you know, the Josh Allen leap that he had once he got Stefan Diggs. So next season, you know, I'm going to be buying in once again on Lawrence, but it's going to help having a wide receiver at the caliber of uh, Calvin Ridley, at least. Absolutely. I mean, we hope, you know, we haven't, now, yeah, we hope. Really hasn't played in, in <laughs> yeah. a while either, but uh, uh, we're going for the prop. <laughs> so I wanted to go with um, a Justin Fields versus Marcus Mariota. Who's going to have oh, more God. passing yards this week. I mean, they're right there on the QB1, QB2 cusp this week. So it is important to kind of sort this out. But um, you, you already mentioned Fields has a pretty good passing matchup. He just got Claypool. Um, and Marietta, you know, they're facing the Chargers, so they're going to lean on the run a ton. But I, I have them both projected for the same passing yard. So I was wondering uh, if you have either one of them projected for more. Uh, yeah, I have Mariota a little more. I still have the Bears is run heavier. Um, so I'll go, I'll go Mariota, but I don't feel great about it. <laughs> what do you have it at? Uh, I have Mariota around 190 and Fields around 175. Oh, okay. So that's that's a pretty big margin. I'm both right around 175 uh, right now. And what's what's the current standings on our uh, prop contest? Uh, what we both went zero and two. Ask well, two and zero if you say the book went uh, two and zero. Yeah, yes. Oh, uh, nice. So yeah, you're still up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, let's jump to running back top five. Uh, I got Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, and then I have Aaron Jones, number mm. three, and then Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara. Finally, uh, saw some touchdowns last week. Oh, yeah, what a game! What a game, yeah. for Kamara. I got Eckler, Henry, Travis Etienne, oh, nice. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, and then Josh Jacobs. Uh, so, Aaron Jones is actually my RB six uh just because i think there's a little more yeah. you know like he's still splitting snaps with dylan even though he's trending up but uh yeah love love etn and it is, like he just like you said looks looks amazing yeah why the hell isn't he in my, oh he's my running back six okay <laughs> close enough I, I was wondering why it wasn't my top five uh who you high on uh i'm high on isaiah pacheco um, you know i am as the rb29 consensus is rb39 you know he was announced as a starter heading into week seven um, and he had a pretty underwhelming game. He only ran the ball eight times for 43 yards. 
mm-hmm. uh, which led the team. And I think, you know, people's expectations were probably way too high once they saw he was starting. It's not like he was going to get 20 plus touches in this game. Um, it was a tough matchup against the Niners. You know, they ranked third in DVA against the run. Um, but, you know, he could see a bigger role following the bye. And I, I do expect them to stick with him as a starter, at least. And while this isn't an easy matchup, you know, the Titans ranked first <laughs> in DVO against the run, uh, the Chiefs should have a pretty big lead for most of this game. So should allow Pacheco to get more carries, maybe punch one in uh, for a touchdown. So just on a week where there's so many players on a bye, um, he is more of an RB3 flex play, um, despite the tougher matchup. Yeah, I like that. I got him at uh, RB28. So yeah, I'm right, I'm right there. I have about 10, 10 and a half carries this week. And, and a catch, which, yeah, and a bye week oh, yeah. crunch, that's, uh, that's RB28. That, that's nice of you to project them for a catch. Um, I'm not <laughs> that generous, but yeah. at least in this kind of game script, we're, we're not really banking on that. Um, and then the other guy I like is on the other side, Dontrell Hilliard. Um, you know, I was the RB38. He's ranked as the RB40 on consensus. But I think he does have some pretty big upside here. You know, the Titans have won five straight, so they haven't been in a trailing game script in a while. Uh, but he still managed to see four more receptions in two of those five wins. Um, and the only game where the Titans lost and Hilliard was active, he caught three passes for two touchdowns um, in week one against the Giants. Um, and last week he saw eight carries for 83 yards. Um, I always thought Haskins, Hassan Haskins was probably the the handcuff to Henry. It does appear to be Hilliard. So um, this is a sneaky matchup for him in PPR formats, especially. Um, so yeah, I, I like his upside in this matchup on a very heavy bye week. Yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely there, the, the handcuff. Like they I mean, they used him, they, they liked what he did last year, I think. In yeah, that role. he was really good last year. Um, yeah, so Haskins, yeah. I mean, he's Haskins starting to play a little bit more, but that's just because they're running so much that they, they yeah. have to get uh all three guys. By the way, our passing projection for Malik Billis is way off last week. We had a, I know what, like 150. Yeah, 100 too high. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my. I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Tannehill. You know, I think he has a chance to play this week. Yeah. Um. So I mean, if if he doesn't, that that just bumps up Hilliard even more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. For me, it's uh, it's Etn. I already talked about him. He's my RB three. He's a consensus RB seven, but he's averaging 19 carries and four targets over his last. Two games. Uh, he's tied for the league lead among running backs with 6.2 yards per carry. He's also averaging 9.2 yards per catch. So uh, his explosiveness is just showing pretty much every time he touches the ball. Uh, Vegas is 25th in fantasy points allowed to running backs. In the last two games, Vegas has allowed uh, an average of 34 and a half touches, uh, 187 scrimmage yards, and one and a half touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. They've just been getting killed on the ground. Uh, Alvin Kamara last week and uh, the, the Texans running backs actually put up a pretty good uh, combined stat line, a bunch of catches uh, as the week before. So I uh, love ETN and AJ Dillon. He's higher. I got him higher than consensus this week. I think, you know, this is the week kind of the Packers have not really been much positive game script either uh, these last few weeks. So uh, I think it's a great Aaron Jones week, but I also think, you know, on a bye week Dylan moves up as well because basically this entire running game against Detroit, that's allowing the third most uh, fantasy points per game to running backs. They're 30th in run defense DVOA. They're 29th uh, in DVOA on targets to backs. Uh, and Dylan, he, you know, he's been trending down a little bit in usage, but yeah, he's had 11 touches last week and he's had 11 or more touches in six of the eight games. So I think a lot of it is just kind of that natural randomness of, you know, game script, which the Packers haven't been in as much <laughs> lately. So, yeah. I, you know, it's still, and there's no, no guarantee, there's no guarantees this week, but the fact that the matchup is also good, I think gives him a bump because even if he only gets, you know, 
10, 10 or so touches, uh, they could be a lot more valuable against Detroit than, than some of the other teams they've been facing. Yeah, I love this game script, potential game script area, like you said, for for Dylan. And as somebody that has, you know, Pollard, Dylan, or Hunt Ross around like every best ball or season long team, uh, my heart nearly stopped beating when I saw Dylan get uh, tied up there. You see him get tackled or his left yeah. leg just bent backwards. But thank God his legs are like tree trunks um, <laughs> and it didn't really phase him. So glad he didn't get hurt there. But that was a scary moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. Who you want? Uh, I'm low on Michael Carter this week against the Bills. Um, he's my RB25. ECR looks like it's RB21. Um, and now he operated as a lead back last week. I, I figured that would be the case. You know, they're going to ease. Jane Robinson in, uh, but this week I expect Robinson's role to expand a bit. Now, granted, this this is a matchup against the Bills, so the, the Jets will probably get blown out here. Um, so Carter might be able to make up for it as a pass catcher, but as we've seen, Zach Wilson doesn't target running backs as much as, say, Joe Flacco does. Um, so, you know, Carter's not a lock for anything more than three to four catches. Uh, so this is a really tough matchup for him, and I, I, I do think this is when we're going to start to see Robinson sort of eat into his workload a bit more. Um, and then Tyler Algier, um, you know, last week I was really high on him. He cashed in. Uh, he even he even had a pretty good receiving line. He caught three balls for 46 yards and a touchdown, which was nice. But um, despite the easy matchup this week against, you know, run funnel defense like the Chargers, the Falcons backfield could get super crowded this week. It looks like, you know, Cordell Patterson and Damian Willis, uh, Williams could come off the IR as soon as this week. So, Love to monitor that. If they both return, I don't know how we're going to project this backfield, but it's certainly going to hurt Algier, especially since, you know, Caleb Huntley, he's been playing really well too. So this could be like a four to five way running back committee. Uh, and that's only going to hurt Algier. Yeah. I almost think they don't need Williams anymore. Like they could probably just cut him. <laughs> or he'd probably be a healthy yeah, yeah. scratch. Like, I think. Uh, I think, yeah, right now I'm actually projecting him for zero touches. Yeah. Um, he, he, he operated as like the starter in week one, but yeah, a lot of things have changed since then, but certainly Cordell Patterson returning yeah. is going to eat into everybody's touch count. So that's something we have to monitor this week. So I haven't projected to return in a, you know, a lighter role and it still dropped Algier down to RB 33 for me. Uh, and ECR is still really high at RB 20. Yeah. I think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get clarity on if yeah. that, I, uh, Patterson is back at, cause he kind of hinted at he was kind of ready to, mm -hmm. to go and this he's eligible to come off but uh yeah that that would definitely Algier probably wouldn't be startable at all if uh, Patterson's back uh for me Brian Robinson Jr uh, I have him RB29 he's the RB26 in consensus he had a season low eight carries uh, and a season low 25 percent snap rate last week as well and his routes participation have been dropping for three weeks now 24 percent uh to 23 to eight percent last week Minnesota is allowing the eighth fewest uh, fantasy points per game to running backs. And they've really been strong, you know, defending backs on, on the ground, just 115 yards on 47 carries since week five. That's just 2.5 yards per carry. And teams are only handing off 15.7 times per game uh, against them over that span. So Minnesota really kind of stiffened up in a run defense. And I think Antonio Gibson is kind of winning that rollback, that, that starter's role uh in in washington he's he's kind of they're not using him quite as much as they were before but they're using him enough to make robinson just kind of like an afterthought guy like an early down guy uh in this, this matchup in minnesota you know the, washington is an underdog to minnesota so there's no guarantee that they're in a positive game trip another guy is daryl henderson for me you know tampa bay is just allowing 3.2 yards per target to running backs through the air 
uh, and Henderson, you know, since Cam Akers went down, he's only averaging eight carries per game. I know he had the, the illness last week and, you know, we saw a lot of Ronnie Rivers, but Malcolm Brown also saw more carries than usual. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, Akers didn't get traded. Uh, so <laughs> No, he didn't. Nope. Right. So, and they <laughs> said he might be back if he doesn't get traded. So there's just too many question marks uh, for me in his backfield with Henderson uh, right now. So, I, you know, I have him well outside of the uh, top three. Yeah, I, I don't know how we can even project this backfield right now. And are you going with the yes. man's running back? Oh, how dare you! I, well, I, I'm actually going to let's go Henderson because the thing I don't <laughs> I don't know is Rivers even on the active roster? Is he elevated? I don't know. Well, well yeah, I think he's elevated. Kyron Williams might make his yeah. season debut, and they're super high on him. And then yes. yeah, like how do you project Cam Akers? Are they going to just how awkward is that going to be? They didn't trade him. Yeah, this is uh, like, it's, this is it's a, a mess. mess. <laughs> so it's what do you got? Mess. So. What's go, the, uh, what's the Hendo. All, like all bets are action now, or do we need like some stipulation or, uh, I mean, I think Hendo will be active. So we'll go with him. Like I, I was going to go rivers, but I don't know. Oh yeah. 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 So, so but this, go... this is live. Like no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. 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 Like, he, even, yeah. Okay, so like, me... yeah, he could, even if he doesn't play a snap, which I think, I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't, but um, I'm going to go right. with, let me, uh, let me, uh, scrimmage yards for Henderson. Oh, scrimmage yards. So yeah. Rushing and receiving. Yep. Okay. Let's go with over under 36 and a half. Damn, that's going to be very close. Uh, so I had 26 for the rushing yards, and I'll just look at his about 10. Oh, God, I'm right there. 36 and a half. You know, just with all the moving parts, I'll go with the under. Makes just, sense. I, I'd rather invest in his floor. Um, and, you know, he was limited last week because he was sick, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't really know what was going on. in all of this. But yeah, I think Kyron Williams, um, he was an elite pass catching back. So I think he'll eat into that role. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know what's up with Akers or Rivers or Malcolm Brown. God, what a disaster. Yeah. The, the whole offense is a disaster. And Cooper Cup is banged up. Uh, but yeah, uh, just either way, I'll go with the under, but this is gross. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, it really devolved quickly into just uh, the, the whole offense. But... So where's Odell Beckham going to go? Obviously, it won't be to the Rams. The I Giants, that's... I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> he could. I mean, I think the, I think the Bills are still obviously on the table um, with his boy Von Miller, but uh, we'll see what happens. Does, does he have any bad blood with the Giants? Like any? No, 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 not no. Nah. He it was only. Um, oh, okay. I think the Gettleman or who like the last. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't actually that'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to wide receiver top five. Okay, top five. Tyreek Hill number one as always right now. Um, and then I got Diggs, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, Cooper Cup, number five. Yep, I got Hill, number one, uh, Jefferson, two, Diggs, three, Cup, four, Hopkins, five. Uh, if if Cup is out or whatever, uh, Adams would be the the – then Hopkins oh, would be four. Yeah. But yeah, for now, still got Cup up there. It sounds like he's going to play, but we'll see his practice at his, uh for this week. But uh, yeah, uh, God, how has DeAndre Hopkins been? We'll get to that in the prop section. Yeah, he looks so just foreshadowing. That's the prop. Okay, but uh, man, he's been good. Oh, I know he's been a monster. <laughs> I mean, that, that one-handed <laughs> touchdown catch last week. Oh, uh, ridiculous. Uh, who are we high on? Uh, so I'm high on Sammy Watkins. Um, facing the Lions this week, I have him as my wide receiver 36. Consensus is you know wide receiver 52. To be clear, I'm projecting both Al Lazard. And Christian Watson out right now. That's sort of the beauty of Tuesday morning projection. I could just do whatever I want. Uh, so, you know, if both miss this week. 
Uh, Watkins is going to have a ton of upside. Um, you know, I would lean on him if you're a bigger underdog this week. Uh, granted, Watkins has a wide range of outcomes, but he has a massive ceiling this week. Um, you know, he had a 71% route participation last week, which was a season high. He had a brutal matchup uh, against the Bills, so he could have a, a ceiling game here against the Lions. We're usually good for, you know, one or two of those a year from Watkins. Uh, and then I got to go with my other guy, Khalif Raymond. Um, on the other side in this game, he's my wide receiver 38 compared to the ECR of wide receiver 54. Uh, he's been heating up, you know, for three straight games. He's had either five catches or 75 or more yards. Um, plus, he gets a boost with TJ Hawkins being traded away. I don't think those all those targets are going to go to Brock Wright. I think, you know, a few of those are going to get spread around yeah. to the running backs and wide receivers. So Raymond, I mean, he's been just playing over 90 percent of golf's dropback. Uh, for some time now. So he's locked into the starting lineup. Uh, and I like his matchup against Packers. He should be able to avoid um, Jerry Alexander for much of the game. They like to mix and match these receivers a bit. So no one's going to be like locked up against Alexander here. Yeah. It, you know, Raymond has really been coming on. He's actually, he's been like the, the true number two over uh, Reynolds. Yep. So it's been interesting. Yeah. I like Raymond. Well, he's a top 36 guy for me this week. Uh I'm high on Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think he's got a great matchup this week against Minnesota. They are dead last in DVOA versus opposing number one receivers. And McLaurin's been a lot better with Heineke under center than Carson Wentz. Uh, McLaurin's averaging eight targets, five and a half catches, 93 yards, uh, and a half a touchdown per game with Heineke uh, compared to 6.2 targets, 3.7 catches, 61 yards, and just 0.17 touchdowns per game with uh Carson Wentz and another guy is Jacoby Myers he's my wide receiver 21 he consensus wide receiver 26 and despite Stephon Gilmore Indianapolis is still 29th in DVOA opposing number one receivers although I don't think it matters that much for Myers he he moves inside outside and uh quietly 14th in half PPR points per game among wide receivers uh I just don't think he gets to love that he uh, deserves, and he's starting to score some touchdowns too. So, you know, last year, first couple of years of his career, he never got in the end zone. But this year, it's been a little bit better. He's got a, a touchdown in three of the last four games. So, yep. uh, love me some Jacoby Myers this week. I think borderline top twenty wide receiver. Yeah, I love the Myers call. Like you said, three touchdowns the past four, still having you know monster target share. Uh, but back to McLaurin, are you projecting Dotson to come back this week, or is that projection with with? Yeah, him yeah, I have Dotson coming back. Uh, oh wow, and yeah. you still have McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more the quarterback. Like, I, I just don't think Wentz was good at. Um, you know, he just didn't have that same chemistry with with McLaurin that Heineke did, and uh, you know, the matchup is good. So, uh, yeah, I think McLaurin is the guy that you want in this Washington team. I think you know Dotson, he's. He, He's kind of he was always a low volume guy. He just happened to catch a few touchdowns yeah. from Carson Wentz, but it wasn't like he was, you know, getting massive volume on a week to week basis either. So I think he's just going to kind of take back over that Cam Sims, Diami Brown role uh, if he comes back. And uh, they might have him on a pitch count because he hasn't been able to, you know, kind of get through practice <laughs> in a while. So uh, yeah, he, he's. Uh, I don't expect him to have a big impact. How about uh, Curtis Samuel? I, I mean, he's dollar store Debo right now. Debo Samuel. <laughs> he's my wide receiver 17. Where do you have him? Oh, wow. I'm wide receiver 31. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I don't know <laughs> where that's coming from, but he's seeing four to five rush attempts a game. 
Um, you know, his A dot was a little bit more downfield last week. I had his under 48 and a half receiving yards. He finished with 50. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe just so many teams trying to buy, but he's uh he's certainly a high floor guy, but I was surprised when I saw him as my uh wide receiver 17. Well, How many rush attempts are you giving him? Uh about two. Um oh, but, okay. Yeah, so he well, the thing is since Heineke took over, he he's still yeah, he's been getting more a few more carries, but um, which I am projecting, but he is, his route participation has been down eighty percent two weeks ago, seventy nine percent last game. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of kind of it's kind of evening out a little bit. So that's why I kind of have him for the season. His route participation you know, is a little bit higher. It's like yeah. in the high eighties. So I'm um, just kind of projecting him in you know what he's done over the last two weeks. Uh, and and again, I think Minnesota kind of it's not it's not hard to get the ball to your top receiver against True. Minnesota. Um, so I have Sam with 31, which is about where I had Rondale Moore last week. He had a, you know, he had a good game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's, uh, I think I'll probably have him around there. Probably an error, man. I probably have him too high <laughs> for some reason. I have uh, a few days to look into it, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, who you want? Um, I am a low on. Oh my, I hate to say this. Uh, Drake London uh, against the Chargers this week. Now he's my wide receiver 35. The ECR is wide receiver 31 right now. And again, I love the talent. Obviously, he was my favorite rookie wide receiver um, in this draft class. Uh, but this uh, extreme run-heavy approach does limit him, not only in targets or yards, but you know his touchdown upside. That was one of the worries I had with him and Pitts heading into the season. But you know the Falcons are even more run-heavy than I anticipated. Um, so against the Chargers this week, where you know they're certainly a run-funnel defense, they're getting Patterson potentially back this week. That Eden and London's target share. Um, so, you know, I, I just view London as low end wide receiver three right now until something drastically changes with this Falcons offense, or, you know, they pivot to Desmond Ritter at some point. Uh, but right now, uh, I, I'm low on Drake London. I mean, yeah, I can't even, I can imagine Ritter, like them increasing their pass volume that much for the, uh, you know, David. well, it can't get worse than it is <laughs> yeah, right now. I true. mean, this is ridiculous. Although last week, you know, the, the Panthers let Mariota go off a little bit, but London still didn't have a big game, so that was concerning as well. Uh, but yeah, either way, he he went from like an intriguing wide receiver two now to like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four kind of guy. Yeah, it's it's just so hard to predict that pass volume on a week to week basis. Yep. Uh, for me, it's Darnell Mooney. Um, he's the wide receiver twenty nine in consensus. That oh. is that's pretty high for uh, even a Justin, a number one receiver, even with Justin Fields. Um, because first of all, Miami's not terrible against uh, top wide receivers or 12th in DVOA uh, against number one receivers. But, you know, Darnell Mooney is still the wide receiver 55 on the year. Uh, and even with fields, you know, kind of seeing an uptick in production over these past few weeks, uh, Darnell Mooney still hasn't topped 11.4 half PPR points uh, in any game. So uh, this is still a, a guy whose his ceiling has been capped by this uh, low volume offense. And really he's going to need a touchdown almost certainly to justify a top 30 ranking and you know that's hard to project in Chicago and you know Chase Claypool like you mentioned you know he could be a guy especially in this you know his first game he could be more of like a red zone down specific guy so that could still eat into Moody's uh ceiling uh and lower his floor at the same time so uh you know he's been running routes against guys like Equinemia St. Brown and Dante Pettis and Cole Komet who don't really you know get open or consistently yeah. demand the ball and like Claypool is a step up. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you justify Mooney as a top 30 guy uh, just yet. He's got to, he's got to do a lot more uh, before he jumps in there for me. 
And uh, another guy, I hate to say it, but my game Davis, <laughs> got, I'm down on him this week. Uh, I mean, relatively speaking, I have him at yeah. uh, wide receiver three. He's wide receiver 14 in consensus. Uh, I just think this Jets defense is very good. And people don't, you know, they just see the Jets and they think, oh, you know, it's it's a bad defense. Everyone's going to go off. But the Jets are, you know, one of the better pass defenses in the lead. They get pressure. Uh, and they're eighth in uh, DVOA against deep passes, which, of course, is Davis's specialty. They're also ninth in uh, against number two receivers. So, you know, even if you uh, did get Sauce Gardner shadow, you, you still have DJ Reed Jr. on the other side, and he's a very good corner as well. So the Jets overall are allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So, it's you know, it's, it is Josh Allen. They're, they're going to get theirs, but uh, this doesn't project as necessarily a spike week uh, for Gabe Davis. Yeah, how dare you? I might have to kick you out of the Gabe Davis. <laughs> now. I saw that too. I was like, Minus five against ECR. I was yeah. like, I just, I can't, I can't go there. <laughs> uh, but he's still, he's still in play. That's the thing yeah. with him is like, you still have to play him. That's his skill set is, you know, he's a deep threat. His A dot's what, like 16.5 or something this year. You know, yep. he's going to have a wider range of outcomes. So yeah, he could have a lower floor than most guys in this range, but he also has top five upside any given week. Um, so that's why I couldn't go there, but I, I'm certainly there with you. I think wide receiver 14 is a bit too high. Um, I I'm wide receiver uh, 19 and I hate to say that, but yeah, we're, we're both low on him this week, but again, play him, keep him in your lineup. Don't bench him. Yeah. Uh, especially on a week. We have six teams on a buy. So that, that made it easier, but uh, compared to ECR, at least uh, we're a little bit lower on him this week. All right. Where are you going with the prop? Uh, so let's go with Deandre Hopkins receiving yards. Uh, I don't know how high to set this because, you know, his first two games back, he's 10 catches for 103 yards. And then last week, 12 catches for 159. Um, he's lining up more in the slot this year, 25% of the time compared to just 15% last year. So it's good to see Cliff moving him around the formation. That's probably helping a bit. Um, God, uh, I'm going to set the line at 81 and a half. Let's go from there. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I will go... I'll go over. I have him at 86. So that line is pretty much on, like with my median is yeah. around 81 and a half. But uh, I, yeah, just the way they're force feeding the ball, he's lining up all over the field, which means he won't necessarily run into like Tariq Woolen a, a ton or, or Brian. He'll kind of get to still get to kind of pick and choose the matchup that they want for him. Uh, Seattle's defense has been really good though. I should say. Yeah, um, lately. Yeah. yeah they, they, they do this. They do. They've done this the past few years. They start out really poorly and then they kind of get it together around mid season. So mm-hmm. That is happening again, but even so, uh, just as you mentioned, the way the way he's been targeted and 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 he's never used to move around in Arizona. He always used to be uh, on one side of the field, and now that they're moving him around, I think that's what you know. That's kind of the difference here. So yeah, I'll go over. All right, let's go to tight end. Who are your top five tight ends for week nine? Uh, so I got Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, assuming he's playing, uh, and then Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz and Kyle Pitts. Welcome back to the top five. Yep, got the exact same top five. I think this is a good matchup for Pitts. I mean, starting to play more and be a bigger part of the offense. But, you know, this Charger team, they do play a lot of man coverage, and that's been kind of Pitts' specialty mm-hmm. throughout his career. Uh, you know, he could see the Derwin James treatment, which, you know, I mean, that that could go poorly. So, um, obviously, maybe maybe he doesn't <laughs> end up in my top five yeah. at the end of the day, but <laughs> Um, you know, on like just based on his usage and, and what he's doing, and, and I think it's a bye week. So yeah, he's, he's he's 
he's pretty firmly in the top five for now. How uh, how high are you going to rank? Uh, assuming if Mark Andrews is ruled out, how high are you ranking likely? Ooh, I mean, and go got... figure. I banned myself. I said on the night shift, like I can't go there, but watch him go off, and that's what happened. My God. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I I think he would be, definitely be top ten. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly how high, but uh, definitely inside the top ten. Definitely a guy you want to start. Uh, yeah, although New Orleans has been like the best team against tight end, so that, that that is the one downside. Like New Orleans has just been lights out against tight ends. They are first in DVOA against tight ends. They're allowing thirty point seven uh, schedule adjusted receiving oh. yards per game. So like they, they it is the worst possible time, of course. I know, so, like, but we, he's so talented. Yeah. yeah so. And I uh, so I did, did a little test run. Yeah. Uh, tight end two. Wow. Yeah. I'm, so you'll see if, if he gets ruled out, I, I would not be surprised if you're near there. But yeah. uh yeah, it's not just top ten. I think it's like top five, maybe top three, but it, it, despite the matchup, uh it's really hard to make him lower than like tight end three or four. Yeah, because you also have Rashad Bateman out, which yeah, you know, he he's a guy that could eat up a lot of yardage with without him. It's like they gotta I mean they could get, you know, Deshaun Jackson, but it's that's still you know, he hasn't played for that. Or your boy, James Prochet. You got some catching up to do there, but that, that could certainly start this week. Yeah, I mean, he did <laughs> see a season high uh, 70% yep. uh, routes run last week. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so who are you high on? Uh, got to go with my boy Hayden Hurst. I'm just going to rotate Hurst, Greg Dulcich. I'm going to flip-flop every week. But uh, <laughs> I love Hurst this week against the Panthers. He's my tight end six. The consensus is 10-10. Now, the entire Bengals offense had a down game um, on Monday Night Football, but he still went, you know, four catches for 42 yards. Um, so the entire offense should bounce back this week. It's a better matchup for Hurst. You know, the Panthers ranked 29th in the DOA against tight end. So, you know, as long as uh, Jamar Chase is out, you know, Hurst will be, you know, either the number two or number three target most games going forward. So uh, I think he's, like, pushing top five upside uh, this week against the Panthers. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I don't have him that high, but uh, yeah, he's definitely a guy that you know, with the, everyone out, you know, Mike, Michael, Mike Thomas didn't do anything uh, in that game, so uh, definitely that you know, one of the top targets now for this foreseeable future. Uh, for me, I'm going with uh, Robert Tunney. Uh, I think people were like too high on him these last couple of weeks against two <laughs> really tough matchups after he, he he you know, balled out against the Jets, but Washington and Buffalo uh, are two of the more difficult. Uh, matchups for opposing tight ends. Washington is third in DVOA against ends, and Buffalo is second. So he, he faced two, three matchup, two top three matchups these last two weeks. He didn't produce. Now everyone dropped him. He's consensus tight end twelve. Well, this week he faces Detroit. They are dead last in DVOA <laughs> against tight ends. So just when everyone's ready to write him off again, uh, you know he 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 gets a great matchup. And uh, this is I have him tight end seven this week, and that's with projecting was hard to blow uh early in the week so he might even jump up a little more uh you know if he doesn't so really like Tunyon this week against the lions and uh yeah uh, i'm back on the Tunyon train yeah i was i was down last week for all the reasons you mentioned but he's my tight end eight yep. um right now so yeah so i have like i'm curious where you, who you have in like tight end six through eight because you said Hurst isn't uh in your top eight or... no it's uh I believe it's Taysom at six. Yeah, naturally. And uh, who do you have at seven? That's is it Everett, Ingram, Waller? 
That's a good question. It's not Waller. <laughs> it's not Waller. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely not Waller. Uh, oh, no, Tanya. Sorry, Tanya's my tight end seven. Yeah. Tanya's my tight end seven. Yeah, so Taysom's tight, tight end six. Taysom. Okay, Taysom. who's your tight end eight? Eight is... This, this week is wide open at tight end, so we're going to see some crazy uh, crazy guys. Yeah, Evan Ingram. Eight. Evan Ingram, yeah, 90% okay. routes run last game, yeah. 82% for the season. Um, yeah, he's getting the usage, so... Yep. All right, who are you low on? Um, I am low on Tyler Higby. Yep. Um, to be honest, th- there aren't many guys where I'm, like, super low on in the tight end one or tight end two range. But Higby's had a rough past few weeks. Um, he had another injury scare last week, was able to return, uh, dropped a long potential touchdown, unfortunately. Um, at the end of the day, he only finished with uh, two catches, 25 yards, and a 42% route participation. Mm-hmm. Assuming a lot of that was uh, due to being out um, with, on the sidelines with his injury, but I'll have to look into that. But, you know, Van Jefferson return action wasn't targeted at all. But once he gets more involved, it'll be tougher to Higby uh, to command his 25% target share um, this season. So he's he's still a low-end tight end one this week. Again, there's six teams on a bye. Plus, we'll have to see what's up with Cooper Cup uh, and his ankle injury. But just right now, it's been really rough for Higby. So even on like a thin week, uh, you know, he's barely inside my top 10. Oh, yeah, he's my tight end 12. He's not inside yeah. my top 10. Um, and I think a big issue is, and we kind of talked about this, uh, I think we were on his under a couple weeks ago, but he's mm-hmm. pass blocking more now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that because like they, they went into the bye, he was pass blocking a lot. OK, but then they came out of the bye and he's still pass blocking a lot more. So he's pass blocked on 29 percent of his passing snaps over the last two weeks, just 10 percent of his passing snaps yeah. uh, prior to that. So, I, you know, this is a trend that may continue here um, going forward, just because, you know, the Rams obviously are having a lot of difficulty in pass protection. You know, that, that's been a major issue for them. And, you know, facing the Bucks, I know they just lost, you know, they're, they're kind of banged up on defense, but still not easy uh, defensive front to go against uh, for Tyler Higby. So, um, yeah, he's my tight end 12 right now. He's more of a borderline guy uh, than a sure thing that he was early in the year. Let's go with Tyler Conklin. He's been up and down. Uh, this year, uh, but he, he came through with a really big game against the yeah. Patriots. Uh, but, you know, was that the Patriots just kind of saying, you know, we're going to let <laughs> him beat us? But, I mean, they were a lot, Zach Wilson actually threw for a ton of yards. So uh, this is a tough projection for me. So let's go with uh, his receiving yards, say, uh, over under 32 and a half. Oh, I'll go under. I had I had 30 and a half written down. So you scared me when he paused after 30. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good line. It, it's brutal matchup, of course. Uh, and I said, we, we just have to ignore him until he returns back to his 70% routes run rate or more. And that's what he's done in the past two weeks. Uh, the CJ Uzoma experiment seems to be over. Um, so I, I do think that's a good line. He's back to being, you know, the full-time tight end. Uh, but it's such a brutal matchup. I'm just a couple yards lower than you. Yeah, and uh, Uzoma, it's not even really that Uzoma's playing last. It's that they're just going with two tight end sets. So um, yeah, that that's you know, got to be just the just the wide receiver room being a mess, right? Like I think if Corey I mean, Davis yeah. returns this week, if Elijah Moore, uh, he didn't get traded, so he's going to have to get back in the good graces. Um, I, they might offer less two tight end sets, but just the wide receiver room being a mess. Has certainly helped Conklin the past couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that is going to do it for our Week 9 Player Projections episode. 
of the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel for more fantasy content. From Sean and I, you can check out our full fantasy preview episode out right now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. And if you're in a betting, be sure to check out my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday with Stucky right here on this channel. Check out actionnetwork.com for all of our uh, fantasy football content, uh, trade deadline, reactions, all that good stuff. Fantasylabs.com for DFS tools and models. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore Ozmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money.